Hey, it's Les Carlson, and, and you're listening to Frontline Rewind. I'm with my best buddy, David Zaffiro. Um, this is part two of the two-part series. And this is called The Messiah. Thank you, Lord, for the Messiah. Starting this one. The top. Take him down. His face, clean the blood off, lay him here, wrap him in this cloth, lift him up, lift him up, move him easy, careful now, he's the Messiah. Eyes of thin, tears of sorrow, no one's touching, no one's speaking. His eyes are empty, skin's so white, his body's cold, it has no life, he's the Messiah. He's the Messiah. Go, go into the world and tell all of Creation, he lives. He lives in the hearts of men. He said, Go, go into the world and tell. All of creation, he lives. He lives in the hearts of men. He's the Messiah. He's not here. Why are you trembling with fear? Just as he told you. Just as he said. It could not stop him. He is not dead. He's the Messiah. He's the Messiah. He's the Messiah. through like four albums that you did with Frontline Records mm. and you know that was over a course of I don't know how many years but four albums it took took a little bit of time yeah but uh, beyond that went from Seattle to Nashville now I'm in and then now Vegas. I'm in California you're in Vegas now you're in California yeah, Cal- Vegas for a short time for to take care of Susan's parents my wife's parents and then now I'm in California and you know the reason why we left Nashville 
is because the music industry is just hurting so bad. So many of my friends are losing, you know, their facilities. The producers are out of work. Mm. I mean, a good friend of mine lost his full SSL room, Chapter 13, wow. bankrupt, the whole thing. So instead of waiting around so I'm like, you know, because you know, Susan and I weren't in default of our mortgage or anything like that, but just getting thinner and thinner. Yeah. I thought, you know, why should we wait around until we can't pay our mortgage? Yeah. So yeah. we just we sold the house. Get ahead moved. of the game. Yeah. So we moved out here. So that's moved you uh, to Vegas. And in, in Las Vegas, you did, uh, you actually, um, with, with Bloodgood, you, you uh, mastered, mastered. The Dangerously Close. And you assisted in some, some other things during the mix. But um, mm-hmm. I really think that you did a great job on that, by the way. Mm-hmm. And um, then you moved from Las Vegas to L.A. Yep. And, uh, and now you're like, you know, you're mixing, uh, mixing sound for the Blood Good documentary film in the trenches. I'm really enjoying that. That's just, yeah. I've heard a bit of it. Yeah. And it's, you're just doing your magic. Yeah, well, it's interesting because um, it's you know it's so different to mix film audio for film because first of all you're doing it in five point one, which is a surround mix, and then the other thing is it's just like just I mean a friend of mine that helped me and has been the mentor of the project, two of them, Larry and then um, Fred Paragano, and he came over to set up this mix, and I mean this is just a bunch of technical stuff, but just the buses that he imported, there's two hundred and fifty. Yeah. This wow. isn't tracks. These are just the buses. I was going to say, where do you park them? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> where do you park That's them? That's awesome. Well, listen, this is gonna... just, you're just too quick. You're All right. way too quick. Fired up. <laughs> so I think uh, In the Trenches might even be cool to play right now. Oh, yeah. Great song. You mastered it. Mm. Here it is.
to die, too late to regret. We want to live, but we're not out of here yet. That is, uh, I remember when I worked on that, on the, uh, consulting the mix. Yeah. And uh, we, your voice was blown up in a cool way. So in that verse, I thought, what if we blow up the, the drums? And uh, so we did that, and you came in, and you liked it. But I remember at one point, um, you go, wow, this is really cool. And you go, wow, you've blown up. And then you looked at me and go, it's pretty ballsy, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's really fun. And I yeah, just because, love how that song turned out. And the out. reason I said that is because you just did it. You didn't ask anybody. You didn't say, hey, what do you think? Or, and you just did it, but mm-hmm. it blew me away. I was like, wow. And, but that's the trust that we got, Dave. Yeah. You know? And, and uh, remember also when you're doing the mastering mm-hmm. that the song before that is Crush Me. Mm-hmm. And Crush Me, even though it wasn't a big band sound, it was a, it's a big ballad sound and it's right. really open. And so when we went from there to In the Trenches, it seemed like, oh, it was kind of weird. And so you actually bumped In the Trenches up a dB or two dBs. So yeah. if you're listening to the album, you go from yeah, and crush we actually, me. We actually had to turn down crush me a little bit because because typically if you have a lot of instrumentation and you got a lot of material on a song, it can sound smaller than a very open ballad. Oh, because a, a ballad at zero d, you know, zero. Um, that's as loud as you go. You know, is loud. loud. It's zero very, doesn't sound loud, but it is. Believe me. <laughs> well, it's at zero, and then minus thing goes. You know, minus sixty four dB is like I don't even think you can hear it. But yeah, so you get up. You to guys zero. taking notes out there? Zero is as loud as you can get. But uh, yeah, that song uh, is "Crush Me" or "Crush Me." Yeah, that was a very loud song. So we had with to, acoustic and bass drum, yeah. very simple, and but it was loud, super open. So super then you go open. to the next track, which is this huge in the trenches. So anyway, but you made it work. That was fun mastering that record, and you and I got to hang out during that. We were like cruising around in their cars, listening to it around Vegas. Yeah, that was fun. So um, much fun. Very interesting record. I'm really blown away how you guys raised the money and just put that whole thing together. Um, after 22 years of no new albums, right? Wow. I didn't know it was that... Yeah, wow. 22 years. We hadn't had a release, and we we got together and pulled that album off. And it was, uh, I think, one of the best albums we've done. You know? I do, too. I think it's one of the best records Blood Good's done. Wow. Well, you were involved once again, thank God. It was fun. <laughs> okay, so, uh, David... Killing the Beast. I mean, what a great title. <laughs> Killing yeah. the Beast. First album, Killing the Beast. Did I get that right? Yeah. Wow. You, you're amazing. You come up with great riffs, great lyrics in that. And, geez, it just gave me a shot at just really singing something that was meaty, powerful. Mm. So, tell us about that. Uh... Do you remember, Dave? Uh, I do. I remember right, crafting that song, <clears throat> and I was like trying to come up with some kind of riff that would work. And again, it just kind of fell in my lap. Like, oh, that's pretty good. Ooh, I better hang on to that. Okay, well, okay. And then I kept going. And you're trying to write this lyric and trying to make it, you know, whatever it is. And um, it was a good fit for Blood Good, you know, Killing the Beast. It was metal, you know, six, no 666, you know, this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, the T-shirts that reflected that saying, Killing, with these shirts that, um, that oh, yeah. said... Killing the Beast, and it would have 666 on it with a big no, 
the yeah. circle with the like, line through it. No, no you turn and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, honestly, if, if, if someone said to me right now, and this is the disconnect, if someone said, hey, well, tell us about that lyric. The fact that I didn't sing it every night, I've, you know, I could go back and go, oh, I remember writing that now. But you sang it every night. You could I tell am. me that lyric. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Look what's at the all the damage that he's brought upon the earth. His angry body coils in the sand. Wow. I wrote that? You wrote that, buddy. <laughs> That's funny. Woo. Yeah, but that, uh, I remember one time, this is this, can I share a negative? Is it okay? Go ahead, Dave. All right, all right. The king. I guess I am. King of negative. But, uh, no, you're not. I don't think I did this intentionally. I really don't. Um, I don't think I did. Because, you know, it's a long time ago. I can't remember exactly. But I don't, it doesn't you could ring be a bell. Wrong, but you could be right. But Rex Carroll, is it Rex Carroll from yeah. White, White Cross? White Cross. He came up to me and goes, dude, you just, what'd you do? You just rip off breaking the law? Breaking the law. Breaking the law. And I thought, oh, I still see a similarity there. No, it's not my intent. Oh, my it's gosh. not the same progression. Rex. I'm like, like, come on, dude. He so, loved pushing my buttons. Yeah, Great guy. It, he it, just loved pushing those buttons. Button pusher. Well, them. you produced those guys too, didn't you? I did, but he wasn't in the band at that point. Well, um, there you go, Rex. He was replaced. You shouldn't have come up he to was David replaced and said that, that he plagiarized that song. That's why you're not in the band. <laughs> no, we love you, bro. Just kidding. We Keep do. it in there. Don't edit this out. I want Rex to know the truth. <laughs> the truth shall set you free. By the way, he's a great player and Fantastic. a great guy. Great brother. Yeah. He's in a band called King James. Yeah. 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 But I don't. I have the NIV version. <laughs> I've got the American standard. <laughs> well, cool for us. So anyway, uh, Killing the Beast, great song. Mm. Here it is.
You know, uh, Adele, I only think that it's right that we tell everybody how to get a hold of all of the frontline catalog. You and that includes so- everybody, right? I mean, everybody. You are so right. All right, let's uh, give them the info. Well, frontlinerecords.us has mm-hmm. all of it there and links to actually download the music on iTunes and Amazon. And then Spotify is a great resource. It's got all of our music on there, and people can listen to that for free. Wow. And there is quite a diverse group of artists on Frontline. So go ahead and get that today. So Dave, we just uh, we just squashed all over the beast. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> and we're talking about the theatrics of, uh, of everything with Blood Good and that. So, uh, but Killing the Beast was uh, was uh, amazing. Mm. We had the demon on the run. We we're Killing the Beast. And then you did this other song, this one early on with, with JT. Remember that one you wrote with JT? Battle of the Flesh? That's right. You win. What do I get? You get 100 bucks plus <laughs> all you can eat. For a milkshake. <laughs> That's right. Or a Snickers bar. Oh, yeah, so anyway, you brought that. I remember you brought that to us, you and JT. Uh, at the end of the day, you'd been painting together up in Seattle or something. He said, we got this song. And, uh, and you brought Battle of the Flesh. Now, do you think that's a classic Blood Good song or what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. And, and I think we tried to do that in the previous band before Blood Good, the Crystal City band. Oh, really? Yeah, I J- and JT, that. or JT had written it and we never, we never made it to that band type thing. So he was sitting on those lyrics for a while. Oh. And, uh, you killed that thing. Yeah. Well, thank you. Did, what did you think of it when you first got it? When you like hold it and you're like, okay, well, I'll. Oh. It was amazing. I mean, I just thought, this is just so perfect for what we're saying right now, what we're doing, where we're coming from, and, you know, what the, what the youth has to hear. Because mm-hmm. when we came out, um, in the world, there was all this demonic stuff in metal. I mean, it was spiritually demonic yep. stuff. Yep. And I'm not saying that the players that were non-believers were demonic people or any of that. No. But they were definitely of the world, and they were being used to write lyrics that were not drawing people to heaven, but drawing people to hell. And, you mm-hmm. know, and so that's part of why God raised up all these metal bands, I think, coming in with Christian lyrics. You bet. So I, I, I just... And Battle of the Flesh, I mean, gee whiz, that's deep scriptural stuff that, you know, these metal guys are talking about. Mm-hmm. A lot of the lyrics that you wrote, David, uh, and, and uh, you know, collaborated with me on, and Michael, and... They, um, I look at these now and I think these are Bible studies. These are in-depth Bible studies. These are, these are things that help the youth understand mm-hmm. exactly what they're faced with in this world without Christ and how they can be victorious with him. So That's right. Wow. Battle of the flesh. Lies, lies, lies 
this makes for great radio. I like this stuff. Man. So, so who wrote Seven? Question. I know you wrote, I mean, I know you wrote it. But seven. Did you write it okay. by yourself? Uh, I, I wrote Seven um, with Paul Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Killer song. Yeah. Thank and you. I remember also, since we're going here, it's probably not the next song you want to play or something. It doesn't matter. We're going to do Seven, though. Well, Crucify, when you came to the table yeah. on Detonation with Crucify, both Michael and I were like, I don't think so. We're kind of talking I, about like we're what going. What you say? I don't think like, so. I don't think so. You know. Okay. And we're going, and yeah. And I remember just kind of going, I, you know, was it or maybe it was seven? No, it was seven. No, it was it both. Was, it's was both. it both? Okay. That's the thing. I, I was thinking okay, you were going so there. Funny. That's so funny. And so you didn't want to do Crucify because it wasn't really a hit. Yeah. And, or, yeah, exactly, or whatever. Like, it's not, this isn't going to really work. I mean, you know, or, or seven is the same kind of thing. But, you know, no one ever said that to you. Because we had this thing in the band that we didn't, you didn't shoot down ideas. You let them run their course. You know, but I remember Mike and I just kind of thinking about it and talking and passing. Very short. It's not like we talk behind each other's backs very often, ever. But I remember he's like, I don't know, whatever. Those songs are incredible. <laughs> you know, they so worked. And I was like, so I mean, by the time you came up with, the, you know, on Rock in a Hard Place, yeah. There's no way it was well, a question your idea. I do remember that in seven, you know, that that I presented it to you guys and you were going, nah. And I said, no, no, listen, this is going to be a very popular blood good song. You guys just got to go with this. And and uh, anyway, it turns out that we did it and seven is, you know, people like it. But... It's got one of the coolest guitar solos. Remember I told you, I said, David, that mm. guitar solo in Seven is like one of my favorite all-time solos. Not because it's got all the flash and everything. It just works so cool. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite solos, too. It's just, it's musical. I, yeah. feel, I felt like it was musical. It wasn't overplayed or anything like that. And it kind of had a little bit of a Hendrix feel to it. You know, I mean, ever so slightly. But it just... Felt good. And it felt it, good playing. It, it starts. It starts cool and it ends really cool. It resolves itself really, really awesome. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for being such a great player, dude. Hmm. Seven.
It's interesting. Alone in Suicide is an interesting discussion because I don't think you're not credited at all as writing on that song, yeah. is that right? right? Which is bizarre because um, you really wrote the part that was the hope at the end. That song would have been just a negative song and everyone just dies in the end. I mean, it's just like, you know, it was just like, ugh. And, and I remember you coming in and it's like, David, we got to, you know what, this has to have some redemption at the end here. And so that whole ending, uh, that outro was, was yours. And one day you brought it up, you go, you know, I was never really credited for that. And I'm like going, oh my goodness, you know, because that, that's, that's really weird that that slips through the cracks. Yeah. That didn't happen much with the band. Yeah. You know, I think... <clears throat> I think that we were fairly on top of a lot of that stuff, but I, um, I, you know, sometimes you just feel like you you had when you brought that in, it, it was so powerful and it was such a great idea, and at the time I added what I added, but I didn't think that I really wrote the song, but as you listen to the song and you realize later on, then yeah, I definitely had a big part of it. Yeah, but take that part out, take out your part, and yeah. how's the song now? Yeah, but the point is, is that I, I think that we, we, you know, we've been close all yeah. this time from the from the time that we got together in Bloodgood. You and I have had our run-ins, but because that's because we're strong, artistic kind of guys. But our love for one another is really strong. Yeah, it's never. And, uh, so it never was really an issue. We didn't fight over money or over who got credit. No. Um, and uh, you know. Uh, it's just, uh, God's good. He is. I remember one time Jimmy Kempner, who is the, um, you know, the owner of Frontline back in the day, he, I think it was on the Detonation record, and he goes, you know, Mike and Les have really allowed you to come in and write a lot of songs. It's very gracious of them. And I thought to myself, I was real put out by that. I'm like, what do you mean gracious? <laughs> this is me being arrogant now. <laughs> I'm thinking, I wrote, that's what I do. I write songs. It's not up to them. This is a band. And I was like, I didn't say any of those words to him. I just kind of looked at him, and those, all those things were probably coming through my eyes. Uh, but, you know, we were an interesting, and, and still are, um, interesting team, all three of us. Because, like, even, like, the song, What Have I Done, I think is it, yeah, um, on Rock and Hard Place, I think that song had been tried to, Michael had tried to write that song with somebody, I don't remember who, and it just didn't work, or something happened. And I said, well, let me do, take a shot at, you know, putting some music around it. And uh, it came together, you know, and I thought, well, you know, Mike, it's odd because you and I wrote together probably more than Mike and I wrote together. Yeah. And then you and Mike wrote together. It's interesting how <laughs> that kind of worked out. Well, I, I know that when you left the band that, that uh, I was sweating it. I was going, oh, my gosh, you know, David is so strong in what he brings to the band. And, and now we have to do this next album without him. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was... Uh, Oh, man, I'll tell you, Paul Jackson, it was a fantastic decision as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. The guy's well, a fantastic player. Yeah. He's a great player. And you guys had written, you and him had written before so much in the past, like Crucify. Yeah, so, we wrote Crucify. and uh, Well, he did the music and I did the melody and lyrics and the concept yep. of that. And, yeah. Uh, and then Demon on the Run, mm -hmm. uh, you stepped in. He, him and I had it going and then you came in and did some stuff. I don't know if it was a da 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 I don't know what it was, yeah. but uh, you had a part in Demon on the Run as well. So, you know, all of us were working pretty cool together. Now, uh, Dave, Alone in Suicide, um, did you ever have those kind of thoughts, David, when you wrote that song? 
I do now. I didn't then. <laughs> and rightfully so. Yeah, we're over the hill, right? The over the hill gang. You're you know what's weird about game. that? You know what? what's weird about that song? What's weird? Is uh, the solo, it sounds like a shotgun going off. It does. And that was a complete fluke. It you know? does. It, it does just, sound like a shotgun. But you bizarre. had already given several options with the, the rope and the razor blade, and, yeah. and now we got the shotgun. But no, I, um, I, you know, I don't usually, I don't really think about those types of things. It's interesting because, you know, I think there's times in our lives where we're just going, man, I just want to just check out or something like that. Something big happens yeah. or maybe have a, somebody, you know, someone that's very close to you dies. And, um, but it's a thought that floats in and floats out. Oh, away. yeah. You know, yeah. comes in, comes right back. Because I don't want to have to report you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. This guy needs an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, Alone and Suicide was, uh, well, and is, um, a, a song that has turned some people around. I mean, we got letters from kids that that didn't take their life. They were going to kill themselves. They didn't take their life because of that song. Yeah. And, uh, uh, wow. That's heavy. It and that, is. you know, like I, in the movie, we, we brought that up and I made a statement. And it, it's true. It's just bigger than me. I remember Michael would get these letters and forward them to me and I'd read this and go, oh my goodness, you know, now, that much impact. Now you said in the movie, so you're referring to... Oh, I'm sorry. You're, but no, it's okay. Yeah. You're, you're referring to in the, the, the movie In the Trenches that is uh, directed by Paul Michael Bloodgood and mm-hmm. his wife Anne Bloodgood and uh, you're mixing the sound. Yeah, I'm mixing the yeah. 5-1 and doing all the audio editing prior to that mix. It's going to be an interesting movie. So I don't know if they remember from episode one, but now you're the, you're not only the rock guy, the acoustic guy, the live guy, you're now the movie guy. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. That's pretty. Amazing. I'd like to be. <clears throat> we'll see. Well, anyway, yeah. you know what? Let's let's jump back uh, okay. to uh, Alone and Suicide, and and, and uh, we we're going to play it for you right now. Here it is, Alone and Suicide, written by David Sapiro and Les Carlson. Carlson.
Les, this has been such a great show about yeah. all the featuring the blood good music. Oh, wow. I, I just had a blast doing it. Adele, it's good to see you again. You too. Wow. You know, there's people are always wanting to get a hold of some CDs of blood good music from yeah. the frontline releases, and they're really not out there much. We should get them out there. We should. And in fact, it is going to happen this fall thanks to really? a. A partner of yeah. music in the in the business, uh-huh. Retroactive Records, is going to be releasing, well, two of the Blood Good releases so far. Which are they? Rock in a Hard Place. Yeah. Out of the Darkness. Cool. Now, are these remastered? They're remastered, uh-huh. yes. And they're going to be on CD, limited quantity, so people want to get out there once they're available this fall. Brutal Planet would be the website where people could go and okay. find them. Okay. And the, what do the covers look like? Are they the original covers? And I think they are. Wow. Yeah. Gee, just, it's generational. Yes. For those of you that never heard Blood Good, get them. And for those of you that did hear Blood Good, get them because they're remastered. Yes. All right. Wonderful. This is Frontline Rewind. I heard that shotgun in there, Dave. <laughs> so, I, I, so I don't know if anybody else heard it, but I listened and there it was just before the solo, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. What was the one song that went... What is that? Heaven on Earth? Maybe it's Heaven on Earth. Oh, oh. did we write Heaven on Earth together? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know, I. Did we do that? I remember I came up with that riff. Yeah. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. Did you guys do that with Paul and Band very much? Oh, uh, yeah. Live. Wow. But that was on Heaven on Earth, was Rock and Hard Place, right? right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Wow. It's amazing what 30 years will... Has it been 30? No, 20, 30, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you do a lot of stuff, you just kind of get a little bit, uh, you know, uh, it's it's not really memory loss. You just kind of... Uh, jambalaya. Know, space out of it. <laughs> jambalaya. The light in your eyes and the touch of your hand, the warmth of that smile when you look at me, a little bit higher or whatever, but yeah.
Your lyrics, okay, and it's okay we can talk about you a little bit. Your lyrics, I, it's, it's your interesting show. because your lyrics, like when you, when you just recite The World Keeps Turning and this collage that you have in the verses, it's so fun. It's really interesting, too. It's like a book. Wow. You know, so I've always loved that about your writing. I mean, your writing, you could really just read it, too. Just read it, no melody, nothing. And you just go, oh, that's lovely, you know? Cool. Well, speaking of books, I know I've heard some of your stuff. You're writing a book right now. Right. And I know that sometimes the investment in a book is, you know, as, as far as your artistic investment and in the endeavor that, it, I mean, it's got to be challenging. Uh, but I have heard some of, uh, I've read some of what you've written. And I enjoy reading mm. it. So you've you've done done that. Uh, mm. So where are you at with that project? Well, that's you know, well, I'm still working on it. And I, you know, my my recently probably a number of months ago, not too many, my parents passed, yeah. and so did Susan, my wife. So we lost all four of our parents, and I just kind of shut down a little bit after that. Yeah. And so I'm recent, and now I'm starting to pick up the book again. But people ask me what the book's about, and I say it's about my family. They go, oh, hmm, interesting, you know, maybe, is that interesting? And, like, if I was to tell you, um, and do I have the liberty to say this? Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, this is, it's, it's heavy. The book is very fun, very lighthearted in a lot of places, yeah. and in, interesting and, like, light, funny. But there's a lot of serious darkness and intensity to it. Yeah. But, like, one of the funny stories is, like, if I was to tell you, well, it's about, like, my family. So one of the stories is about my sister. Oh, who's she? Well, um, have you ever heard of the Miss Doubtfire bank robber? And they go, um, no, not necessarily. And I go, well, type this in. They do a Google. And it pops up everywhere. She was, you know, she robbed 13 banks. She dressed up as a man, dressing as a woman, dressing as a man. And they wow. titled her the Miss Doubtfire bank robber. Wow. So I wrote this story about when, because she, she got some of this information through, from her, they, yeah. they, they threw her in jail. I mean, she, yeah. she, went to, she just got out. She went to jail for a fair amount of time. And, you know, so she was telling me some of the stuff that, you know, how this robbery went. It was pretty funny, pretty interesting and pretty crazy. And so that's, it's called A Good Day or I'm not sure what I'm going to title that chapter um, yet. Another story is about another sister. And the name of the story is Jersey. And for those of you that, you know, have a history of liking to read or you're literate and, you know, bookworms, you'll understand... Um, the name Scott Peck. Scott Peck wrote the book The Road Less Traveled. And before he died, he wrote a book called Glimpses of the Devil. And it was basically two case studies of his that he did exorcisms on. I mean these on these people. Mm -hmm. And it was two case you know, two two different case studies of these people that were possessed. And one of the people, one of the you know, individuals whose name was in the book, they're called in his book, they're called Jersey. And that's my sister Alana. Wow. So two separate sisters here. Yes, two separate sisters. Wow, that's a yeah. lot of drama. And Susan, I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. And this is so there's a many stories like this. There's a lot. And uh, my wife and I in 1980 were getting married. And we were going through that um, right about that time. Wow. This book, I, I, I mean, you have read and shown me and allowed me to read excerpts and, and I think, David, I want to encourage you to continue doing this because this really is, uh, this is something that I think people would enjoy reading. And also, it's deep in the sense that you are a Christian. Mm. You know, you're saved by the blood of the Lamb. And, and all the things that took place in your family could have, you could have gone down the other road. Right. I mean, and, and you didn't. 
and instead you're lead guitar player for Bloodgood. You know, uh, it's amazing what God can do in a man's life, and he has done it. And I'm just honored wow. to call you friend and brother. You too. You too. You're a dear friend. Wow. So, David, now, I mean, that, uh, you know, uh, wow. The rock guy, the acoustic guy, the live guy, the the book guy, the movie guy. I mean, you, you, you do a lot of things. Have you ever tried acting? Yes, I got to say, you've never been in a play, but... When you're in the Blood Good shows, your acting ability, your stage performance, your presence. Wow. I mean, you are very gifted in that as, as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And uh, I yeah. think that a lot of the live, uh, Blood Good live shows that we did were, um, uh, I mean, to see you, me, and Michael up front. Wow. We had this kind of command of the stage. We were fluid. We ran around. We didn't run into each other. Uh, I remember in Demon on the Run, I was throwing you all over the place. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was amazing. It was um, to watch. It was theatrical, and it was exactly what we wanted to do. And uh, I remember your contribution was so key in it, that when you left the band, I was going, you know, uh, where's that, you know, that aspect of the theatrics? I know that um, you know, Paul Jackson has got great stage presence and mm. he's, he looks cool and all that. But we had a, another level that we we really lost that when you left the band. Wow. And, you know, to, uh, to to be on stage without you was... Uh, I, I missed it. Mm. Yeah, I remember when... <coughs> excuse me. When we were um, evolving, uh, if you want to call it that, the beginning, early, early days. Uh, you know... You were such a sounding board for me, and you were, I mean, Michael and I learned from you. I mean, bottom line, you came out of hair and that whole thing, and just the, the theater aspect of that. Um, but I remember, like, there was a few times where it was, just, it was just so powerful and so free, and nothing could get us down. And this one, and you could probably speak to this better than I can, but I remember that one time we were doing, uh, we were doing Anguish and Pain. And we, the, um, it was this bar, it was this, this club. And there's probably only about four or 500 people, but it was a small club, so it was packed. I mm -hmm. mean, it was so packed. And all of a sudden, all the power goes off in the PA. The, the band still had their amps going, and of course the drums didn't sound as loud because the PA wasn't there, but you know, the drummer could play. And all of a sudden, everything's going to black. So Michael just kicks into this blues number, and I start playing. And you just jumped on top of the crowd, and they pushed you all the way to the back of the building, and you're swimming on them like you're on this ocean. You're doing, he looks like he's doing this thing with his hands like he was swimming. And, he, and they basically went all the way to the back of the crowd, and then came all the way back, and they threw you on the stage. They just go, and you lit, totally just like landed, turned, landed on your feet, grabbed the mic, and the whole PA turned on right there. I'm not kidding. It went, bam, everything went on, and you went, Anguish and, wow, and we just kicked right in. It's like we didn't miss a beat. It's like going, who are these people? It was pretty fun. Well, yeah, that's that's fired up. Well, there's, that's the Lord. He did a lot of those things with us out yeah. there. Yeah. I remember yeah, yeah. when you used to do that thing uh, where you'd bang your guitar on the mic stand and talk about time. Yeah. You didn't have all that much time. You had to make a decision. Right. And gosh, you had this whole theatrical presentation. It was interesting because so that, that part was like, I mean, it evolved. I did this guitar burn is what they call it. And then I was tapping on this thing. It was like a clock. And, um, and, but then I did this 
these notes into this huge reverb, and it was real pretty. And all these pretty voices were coming out. And I said, who believes in heaven? Ah, now, come on, who, who believes in heaven? And everyone starts screaming. I go, and then all of a sudden they shine this light on me on the stage. It turns red. And they put this thing on, my, on the vocal, which is a pitch shifter. Yeah, and it comes out really voice. low. And I go, I said, uh, who believes in heaven? And then the light hits me. And I go, everyone believes in heaven, but nobody wants to believe in hell. And I go into this really dark notes. It's all the scary music. So that was a real fun kind of moment, you know, yeah. to play around with. I would have liked to see the show. <laughs> Unfortunately, you couldn't. You had to perform it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you're smiling big. I'm happy. Are you happy you're loving this? Oh, yeah. We've gone through it's a lot. It's the best. Of, dude, we, we went through a lot of stuff in your life and times of David Safaro. Thank you.